Hi there, I'm Alan Mann, and this is Stories in Stride, brought to you by American Region Animal Health and makers of Ataquan IN. In this series, we take a glimpse into the remarkable true events of those who have left their mark on our equestrian community. We hear the heartbreaks and triumphs and the untold stories of our equestrian heroes and their amazing animals. The journey starts now. Today, our special guest is Bob Avila. With over 37 world champion or reserve world champion titles and events from reining and working cow horse to Western riding and halter, Bob is an accomplished and versatile equestrian and trainer. He is a National Rain Cow Horse Association million dollar rider, a three-time snaffle bit futurity champion, and a two-time world's greatest horseman champion. He won the magnificent seven range cow horse competition three times and was the first person to be awarded the American Quarter Horse Association Professional Horseman of the Year. He is an NRCHA Hall of Famer and will be inducted into the AQHA Hall of Fame in 2021. Please welcome an amazing equestrian and a dear friend, Bob Avila. Thank you, sir. That was quite a career right there, Bob, and you're still going, which is amazing. So I, wanna, I want you to take our listeners back to where your journey first began with horses. I was born, and that's when it started. My father and mother both were in horses. Uh, my dad was a rodeo cowboy. My mother showed horses. And uh, in fact, my mother gave Carol Rose lessons when she was pregnant with me, a good friend of ours, Carol Rose. And um, so I was really born into the horse world. And I just, I grew up in it. I, I took a brief exit from it to go to school in Reno uh, for four years. And then I came back and decided, uh, you know, I saw what the other half lived like and I wanted to do what I grew up to do. And here I am. And here you are. Wow. What, were, what do you think was your greatest influence when you started your career with horses? You know, I don't know if I could say I had one great influence, but my dad trained rope horses. And I just lately remembered this. His rope horses were really nice to ride, and they were horribly broke. You could barely turn them around and go back from one end of the ring to the other. And I think that's what made me want to ride rain cow horses and reining horses and ride horses that had lots of handle and, you know, that were fun to ride, power steering, all that stuff. So I think that probably gave me the, you know, the go to be something else there. And then I, I had Tony Amarell that was a Hall of Famer that I worked for when I was a kid. And uh, I got to train with him and look up to him all my life. And what kind of uh, insights did they give you early on that really turned you into the person you are today? You know, I don't think there was anything magical or anything, you know. Uh, my dad gave me work ethic. And I know that uh, some of the people that I've looked up to in my life always told me that horse shows are won at home. Basically, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, you know, I, I've always been that way. I don't live in yesterday. I live in tomorrow. Uh, if I have a, a bad show today, I shake it off and I go to the next one tomorrow or next week or whenever. I don't drag yesterday into tomorrow. And I think that's a, a very great way to live, really, you know? 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. So when you decided to take that big leap of faith and start out on your own as a professional, what were those early challenges like? You know, uh, I have to tell you, I've had some great young people work for me. And if they ever did what I did, I'd tell them they're out of their minds. I had no money. Uh, I had a pickup that was blown up. I had one customer with two horses and they loaned me their pickup and trailer. And I decided I was going to be a horse trainer and do it on my own. And I, I look back at it now and I think, well, it worked and it was great, but I don't know why I did it. And there was a, there were several years that were pretty lean. I mean, it was, there were some tough times. So the one thing I've noticed about your career is that it's, uh, you've ridden and excelled in just about every Western style. Do you have a favorite and what do you really enjoy doing in the saddle? Well, you know, when I was a kid, my mother used to tell people my favorite event was the gate opening because I would go in every event there was. I mean, I rode English, I ran barrels, I did halter, I did pleasure, I did everything. I'm glad I did it because I think it made me who I am today. Um, I probably like the rain cow horse and the reining horses the best of anything. I, I love to rope for myself. It's kind of my way of releasing myself, but I still have a touch with my business as I'm doing it. You know, I really don't make it part of my business, but I still have horses and stuff. So, I mean, I would say reining and rain cow horses, my favorite. I, I remember that day that I, I really didn't uh, have that much, much experience on a reined cow horse. And you were having some fun with me that day. Uh, but <laughs> Sandy Collier came along and she, she became my savior because she finally <laughs> came over and actually started to uh, teach me a few things. So it was quite entertaining just to... Uh, to, to learn later on that uh, I was having a little fun at, your, at uh, my own expense. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, but moving on, so, um, you know, what's really interesting is you've been quoted saying, you're nothing without your horse. And I couldn't agree with that more. So in your life, what horses did you discover that really made that statement true? Everyone I showed, really. You know, I mean, you're nothing without your horse. It's a fact. Uh, you know, you, you have to be a partner with your horse. Uh, you have to love animals to be a great horse trainer, for one. If you don't love animals, you're just a mechanic. That's all you are. And there's some great mechanics out there, but that's all you are as a mechanic if you don't love animals. Uh, but uh, I've had some favorites over the years. Um, major investment, major intuition, Chick's Magic Potion. I mean, I, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate enough to have a whole line of them. I mean, I've had a lot, a lot of them. And, uh, you know, you grow, they get to be your partner. I mean, they are your partner, you know. And uh, I'm going to tell you, our show hurts and so pampered. You know, they eat before we, they drink before we drink. They sleep before we sleep. You know, I mean, we treat them, you know, the way they should be treated. You know, they're great animals and we appreciate them. So these amazing horses that you just listed, uh, what did they have in common? Mind. Their mind. Uh, they wanted to please. Chick's Magic Potion was probably one of the favorite horses in my life. And uh, I'm not going to tell you he was the greatest athlete I've ever rode, but he was a horse that tried 
so hard. I mean, if I asked him to give me 80%, he'd give me 85%. You know, he always gave me more than I even asked for. And he was very kind in doing it all. So, How do you know when they're going to be something special? You know, they, you know, some of them you don't know for a while. Some of them you know right off the bat. You know, I mean, if you look at horses and you look at people, I think they're exactly the same. I mean, some kids are brilliant when they're little. Some kids grow up to be uh, stars when they're older. You know, some kids can play sports when they're young. Some kids develop into it later. You know, horses the same way. So I don't think there's a black and white answer there. Um, but when you know it, you know it. And there's some horses that you have to go in the show ring the first time. And those are the horses we call show horses. You know, at home, they're a nice horse. You know, they're a good horse. But some of them walk through that gate and the, the stars shine upon them. You know, they are just show horses. They're stars. They, they thrive on, on it like we do. And, uh, you know, you can't go out and look for them. You can't find them. You just have to look for as nice a horse you can find and hope they're a, a show horse. Well, your hoping worked out. <laughs> you've, yeah. you've been doing this for a long time. At, at what point in your career did you feel that you were finally successful? Uh, I don't know if I ever really did. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever got up one morning and go, wow, I'm, I'm successful, you know? Um, I, I'm a very goal-oriented person. Uh, I don't talk about my goals. I don't project them to the public, uh, but I have goals inside myself that I set for myself. And you, I have accomplished every goal I've ever set for myself. And, um, and when I set it, a goal, and I accomplish it, I usually go to something else. And, uh, you know, my great horses, I always made sure that I retired them on top. You know, I'd win a world championship on them. I'd win the world's greatest on them. And when I walked out of the pen, I'd pet them and retire them right there. You know, so they, people could remember them on top. And so I felt like uh, I needed to do that with myself. And now I do other things. You know, I, I buy and sell horses. I, I give lessons to other trainers. You know, I consult. And, uh, you know, I keep a few horses in training just because I like to ride. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of treated myself the way I treated my animals their whole life. Wow, that's tremendous. So in your entire career, what are you most proud of? Uh, probably all the people that I've trained. Uh, you know, being a mentor, uh, I've had some just great, great, great young men. And I don't use the word great very often. And uh, I've had some great young people work for me, men and women. So I think that's something that will carry on forever and ever. You know, that will, that will keep going. Uh, that's probably what I'm the most, you know, because when I learned, uh, we didn't have the things like the videotapes and the DVDs and the books and stuff like that there. It wasn't really out there. You just, you went to work for somebody and you worked hard and you get cussed at a lot and, you know, <laughs> and you just got up every morning and took the heat again. Now, you know, people have so many places to go out and learn, you know, and I mean, you've been part of our journey on our, you know, uh, given clinics and things like that. Knowledge out there is so tremendous anymore. You know, it's unbelievable. So, you know, I'm proud of the knowledge I've put out there for other people and the people I've trained. Wow, that's tremendous. 
So, uh, you know, you have, as you mentioned, done so many clinics and you've written so many educational articles. Uh, where did that drive come to, to want to educate, you know, people about horsemanship and especially the youth? You know, uh, probably from my youth, from my bringing up, um, when I worked for my dad and Tony Amaral, Tony was not a good teacher. He was a great, great hand. And he trained a lot of really good trainers. But to learn from him, you had to watch. And if he caught you standing still watching, he yelled at you because you weren't working. So it was a catch-22 kind of there, you know. Uh, and I, when I left and I started on my own, I thought, you know, there's got to be an easier way for people to learn. You know, we did Heroes and Friends first, and it was, it was way ahead of its time. You know, I mean, it was the... It was the best video series that anybody had ever seen. You know, we had Hollywood makeup people there and everything else. But we wanted to do something that just would knock their socks off. And I know that I had Ride With Bob, my magazine, and I had a lot of guests in there. And I remember telling them, if it doesn't work, don't say it. Because there's so many articles that are just fluff. You know, I mean, you've read a million of them. You kind of read them, kind of go, yeah, nice article, but it's really not fact. And I'm a very black and white person. If I tell somebody how to do something, I want them to be able to do it. So I just started doing that stuff and it just, it got to be bigger and bigger and I went all over the world doing it. And, you know, I, I enjoy it. So here we are, we have parents that have uh, a young child that's interested in life with horses. Uh, what kind of advice would you offer them? Buy them an older horse to learn on. That's the first thing. You know, I always tell people, you wouldn't take a five-year-old and send them to school for another five-year-old to teach them. You know, um, I see people that go, oh, we want to buy a young horse so our kid can grow up with it. That is the wrong thing, period. You know, you want to buy a nice older horse that maybe, you know, maybe he's got a few soundness problems or something. Maybe you got to take a little more care of him. And uh, those are the kind of horses kids learn on the best. And always send them somewhere they can uh, learn from somebody. You know, the worst thing you can do learning to ride is ride by yourself because you learn bad habits. You have nobody to help you work your way out of it. Being a parent, how did that advice work on your son? Well, I don't know. I'm still waiting for him to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, I've enjoyed watching the two of you uh, over the years uh, interact and that's always been entertaining. Boy, you've been at this for such a long time. Somewhere along the line, somebody had to give you some advice that really resonated. What, what is that best advice that you've ever received in your equestrian career? Well, a person told me when I was really young that if you ever wanted to make money in the world, you had to make it while you sleep. And I watched so many horse trainers that end up with nothing you know there's a lot of great horse trainers great people that uh, struggle their whole life and stuff and i think that was probably didn't have anything to do with horse training but it was probably one of the greatest things anybody ever told me i think uh, everyone would agree that you have uh, accomplished so much and helped so many and i can say that uh, i've been honored to be on many journeys with you and Hopefully that'll continue. Just wishing you the safe and healthy journey and look forward to the next time we can meet face to face.
Thank you, Alan. It was great talking to you. As always, thanks for listening. Before you go, please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast. We want you to be the first to know of the incredible stories we have lined up in the coming episodes. Till then, happy writing.